Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with JT of the band Era over Zoom video. JT was born and raised just outside Baltimore in Maryland, and he talks about how he got into music. He really didn't start his musical journey, musical career until he was in his 20s. He was putting up videos of himself doing covers up on YouTube, but just vocal covers, learning how to scream, learning how to yell. He said he would practice in his car, and then he got really into how to mix the song and, and film himself doing it, and he's really into tech, so it's cool to kind of pick his brain on tech stuff as well. But he talked to us about being in a band around his hometown. He only had played six shows. The band broke up, and he got a call from Texas in July who needed a singer. He knew someone in the band. He ends up joining that band, and his seventh show ever was on the Warp Tour. <laughs> so definitely a, a big step up for him. He played in that band for a while, and when Texas in July kind of fizzled out, literally weeks later, Era needed a singer. So he tried out for Era and has been in that band since 2014. He talked about recording on Drift, the creative differences that came about during the recording of the Neon record, talk about the self-titled album and the re-release that they're doing with four cover songs and three new songs. You can watch our interview with JT on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on either Spotify or Apple Music, if you could follow us there as well, that'd be awesome. And if you have time, hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with ERA. Yeah, and this is about you, your journey in music. And of course, we'll talk about uh, the record and Sweet. the three new songs and, and the covers and all that cool Excuse stuff. Excuse my, uh, my unawareness. Is this an interview or a podcast? I'm just like, it's, trying to figure out how long it's going to take. Because uh, I just woke up and I would love to make coffee. Uh, let me see. I mean, I usually... If it takes we, an hour or two, like, it's fine. I just want to... It usually prepare. goes about uh, between 30 and an hour. You can make okay. coffee, dude, if it's up to you. No, um, I'm a snob. It's going to be, like, a 20-minute ordeal. <laughs> okay, I just have another um, interview no, no. At, in an hour and a half. So. I've already made you reschedule. I'm not doing that to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good man well again i appreciate it so uh, first off where where are you right now are you in uh, la or baltimore or maryland East Coast? okay baltimore maryland yeah but were you born in i, I just going off the research i've done in the band you're in prior uh was lancaster pennsylvania are you from pennsylvania mm -hmm. no weirdly enough um I did go to school in Pennsylvania for a year. I went to Franklin and Marshall, which is right in Lancaster, mm -hmm. um, in 2008 only. But I okay. was born and raised in Maryland, um, grew up in Anne Arundel County, which is right on the, uh, on the water. I moved down to Birmingham in 2016, and that was okay. for the band. I got an oh. opportunity to, to try something different. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I've never moved out, you know? So, so you were in... Grew up in Baltimore. Then you're on the water there. Well, I, I I'm not. I, I like, went to school in. I went to school in Baltimore. I didn't. I grew up like just out of the city. I live in the city now, which kind okay. of it's a big change for me. Is where you grew up a smaller town? 
Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a place called Savannah Park, which is regarded as like the snobby town. <laughs> <laughs> was it because you're on the water? Uh, it's just like upper middle class gotcha. uh, families, and yeah, a lot of the stuff's on the water. Like, uh, like most of my friends had like waterfront properties. That's dope, though, dude. Mm-hmm. I grew up in San Diego, so I can't really talk. Um, that's, that's so. That's cool, though. I love San Diego. Um, like I guess in the East Coast, though, it's a bit different. There, was there surfing and stuff where you grew up, or not really? Surfing? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're on the water, are you on the water of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, but you're not getting swells though. Like you're, you're not. Getting, you're 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 getting like kiddie pool shit. Okay. <laughs> if yeah, you go to North sure. Carolina, it's kind of weird how it kind of goes down. I mean, like yeah, North Carolina has some, but more. South yeah. Carolina doesn't really have waves. Anybody that lives in Maryland says they're a surfer. I just look at them with weird eyes. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is like, I don't surf, but that, I was just curious because um, you have the beach there. But um, I have family in Cleveland, Ohio, and apparently there will be enough wind at some point where the the uh, lake will have waves and there's people that will like surf in Lake Erie. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's pushing it. <laughs> yeah. That's like, kind of wild. I know. I thought that was so crazy. Um, but anyway, back to you. So grew up in Baltimore. When, when did you get into music? How old were you? I get into music? Oh, dude. Yeah, like, I mean, my parents spun records when I grew up. So there was always okay. music in the house. Um, I feel like I showed an interest in like singing and like theatrical things, a little bit of theater like elements when I was young. I, I recall, I recall at some point, I want to say like when I was like 10, maybe I was in middle school, I was involved in some sort of play that was like a one-time thing where I played like a spider. I don't remember. I've always, <laughs> there's like one part of my memory. I've always tried to like find out what the hell that was. There's, no, never there's no video footage of it. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean... I didn't get into like the touring stuff until my 20s, but I was always involved in music. Um, student athlete growing up. I didn't do like band or anything, but I played guitar in high school. I did gospel choir for my for my uh, all boys Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. So I was always a- around it. It wasn't until like 23 or it's about 21 when I started to like do kind of what I do now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like you were just pl- playing guitar as a hobby. I mean, was, but if you're singing and playing guitar, I mean, that no, must no, have been. No, no. I oh, no? do, yeah, I never could. Uh, I rage quit guitar when I was like 20 or 21. And then, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I got to the point where I was like doing a bunch of like fun medical riffs. And I tried to learn like sweeps, arpeggios and solos. And I was like, I can't do this. Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sold everything. Um, oh, wow. And then my like. My come up was actually YouTube covers. I did YouTube covers for a long time. Uh, I, I like learned to scream my car and like watching a couple of YouTube videos and I just like stuck with it. And long story short, I did like hundreds of YouTube covers. All and just vocal covers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Just acapella? Or were you? No. Were you, oh, okay. It was legit. It was like camera set up like this. Wow. With studio mic, um, tracked in Reaper, which is a doll and then edited like kind of the best you can to have it sit over top of somebody else already singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's like you're through the process, you're learning how to like edit videos, mix music, mm-hmm. um, how to make a vocal chain when you record. I see that you got the 
the DX266 uh, compressor. That's a fantastic compressor. Oh, yeah. It's the... Well, I went with the 286 as oh, the 86. I used to have a, to have yeah. a, uh, a cardio Spanners. mic and then yeah. and it has a gate. And then I just mm-hmm. ended up not, I got this mic instead because it was less of a hassle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, like, lur- like I didn't know any of this shit. Like I had to learn and I'm uh-huh. like a YouTube lurker. So I'm like, I'm like hacking in the mainframe, learning all this shit at once. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I improve my quality? Um. But so like you're I, interested instead of yeah. just like, I'm going to wing it. I'm going to buy this cheap USB mic off of, you know, Best <laughs> Buy and, and go with it that way. Dude, I, I recorded my first YouTube covers. I recorded with a $100 um, Toshiba pocket camera, like a like a like a rugged one. It was the I, I know the model. It's, it was like BW10. OK. And it was like I got it like our equivalent of Costco, which is called BJ's Wholesale. Mm hmm. Um, and. Yeah, I started like I, I have some I did it in my closet to not disturb people um, and then just kind of upgraded and snowballed from there. And yeah, is that how know. you kind of got into gear was just from starting with those YouTube covers? I mean, I was always technically inclined, like I'm a big computer guy. That's why okay. I got into cameras and cameras okay. are really easy to get into because there's so much stuff for it. And you can oh, really dive, crazy. dive in deep um, mm-hmm. and microphones have lots of cool things you can play with, too. Yeah, I just I only know about this. I did radio for for fifteen years, so oh, like nice. I, I was like, okay, I'm like going through like, what do we use here? Okay, that's nice. And I would like we used to use RE twenties, like oh, uh, one yeah, station classic. I used. Yeah, had this, but the RE twenty was like the one. And I then, like how uh, long it is though. It's huge. No, it's it's like yeah, it's like this long. It's all phallic and like it just doesn't <laughs> and it doesn't even sound as good as the the Sure. I think Sure just knocked him out of the uh, the park when they did this one but um yeah so that was kind of my whole thing but i'm like this looks better sounds better anyway back to you um so you got into gear doing the youtube covers and then at 20 you said you didn't get into touring wait see if you said you're in radio when i was Uh in when i was at franklin marshall on thursdays i did a one o'clock lunchtime 90s dance block for the campus radio you did that's rad and i had my friends texting me and i was getting texts on my flip phone there you go (laughs) (laughs) and they were like play uh play hot away what's what is love it's like and it's like lunchtime and and my friends are in the cafeteria hearing me my i was like 17 or 18 at the time so you're doing like breaks and so you'd come in and be like all right hey I, I don't know how i got involved with the campus radio i think just being a music guy i was like what can i what can i do at my school that's not school and sports um i got into the uh the like the sports casting like the video broadcasting team mm-hmm. i worked work with the basketball and the and wrestling a little bit and then somehow I got involved in doing the radio and I had that one block every Thursday. I, That's awesome. was so much fun. I miss doing that. See, I went that route because I'm not musically inclined. Like I could play guitar poorly and um, that was about it. Like I would learn power chords and songs and I'm like, I want to be in this industry, but I have no idea. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. here we go. I could play the, I didn't know how to push play and I could play records and, and talk about them. Dude, so there's, a lot of back. Sp- <laughs> there's a lot of space for really nice people and personalities that love music to be involved with music because it's definitely Mm -hmm. saturated with a bunch of like weirdos who like don't get music or like i don't know they have like a good presentation but like they don't really have the personality to do this but like i mean 10 minutes in i've already liked uh, i like you (laughs) oh thank you you know like you've already (laughs) made a good impression it's like oh this guy's this guy's cool 
but there's not a lot like you out there. Like ten minutes what? in, like what what happened to this guy in his in his youth? He's this fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, dude, I, that means a lot. I appreciate. That. <laughs> but uh, you know, but we're nice. We're nice regardless. Out. Everybody's trying. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, well, that's awesome that you did the the radio show. I always had fun, and it's funny because like when I got into radio, it was the the peak of an era where there was a lot of money and it was like a big mm -hmm. deal. And then like, I kind of caught the, the decline of the whole thing. And then, uh, when I got out of it was when COVID started and that was, it was basically like, that was a time for they, they could kind of capitalize. I felt like right. as in a local level, but it just, I don't know. It's, it's not there anymore. <laughs> in my opinion, I mean, the numbers show on TikTok and Spotify. So media is changing big and fast. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Media, com media consumption too. Mm -hmm. I keep I keep talking about with my friends how I'd love to read the case study on us about how media consumption has changed and how it's how it's affected us and like you know fast digestive media like like click farming and um, clip clip baiting and stuff like that. Yeah, all, it's all interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, the guy that the wrote, psychology behind it into everything, you know? Yeah, because it, it well, it evolves. I, I, I listened to a podcast the other day for, and the, it was the guy that used to be, I think he was a CEO or CFO of Google for a while. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how like social media will come in 10 year phases. So, yeah, I see that. It, it's interesting how like it'll be 10 years and then you'll have the bulk of the people that are really successful and then the kids coming up can't quite achieve that because it's just too far out there. Like their content is being right. hidden and then they'll start creating their own platform to get boom up there. And then like, it just kind of evolves as, as that goes. So it's interesting that like TikTok is now obviously the biggest one, but it started off as musically. I have a, my younger son was doing, or my son, not my younger one, but my older one was doing the musically thing. And I'm like, what is this? I remember and then it, it musically. And then it became TikTok and now it's like the biggest thing ever. So people, are like verified on TikTok that he knows because of musically, you know, seven, five, six years ago, which just blows my mind. <laughs> I remember when people, I used to like have friends on MySpace and uh, I would get messages like the first year or two into Facebook, be like, are you the guy from MySpace? Like, I mean, I wasn't like, a, a, I wasn't like famous on MySpace or anything, but it was like my friends from MySpace like yeah you know, knew you they, they right. adapt yeah i remember when that transition happened too it was like oh everyone's on facebook i'm like i don't really want to leave myspace yeah. like this is such a cool i've got to build a whole fan like i got not a fan yeah. but i gotta find all my friends on here now are they on mm -hmm. here yet and yep. it's just funny how it all kind of evolves but um that's interesting but uh, real quick i'm curious so you did the radio thing but were you going to college for it doesn't sound like you're going for music mm -hmm. at all i went to franklin marshall pre-med um wow i was interested in medicine uh that that whole story is a long story why i left that school okay i don't really want to talk about it okay well we can pass over it but so you left dark, school. dark times um, okay. <laughs> no uh just like there was a huge growth period from 17 to 21 in my uh -huh. life and okay. it, it involved wasting <laughs> tuition money my parents <laughs> um but Franklin Marshall, I came home. I did a couple years at a community college. I switched to a uh, comp sci because I realized the only re reason I was first in <coughs> uh, pre-med because I wanted to make money. Oh, I, didn't have the, I didn't have the discipline for med school. I had the smarts, I, I feel like, but mm -hmm. I only got through a year, so who, who fucking knows? <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I think during that time I was just like, I was a swimmer for a long time and I swam at Franklin and Marshall. Oh, and I wow. think once I, I was lost in that, swim too, that's funny. Really? I was a mm -hmm. butterfly. Really? I did. Mm -hmm. I played water polo and swam through high school. <laughs> Dude, I dislocated my shoulder playing water polo after the season and I had to pop it back in place by oh. slamming my shoulder into the wall. Oh my gosh, yeah, that sounds dude. brutal, man. That it was. sounds brutal. <laughs> got I got surgery for it. Ouch. It sucked. Yeah, yeah, I only did freestyle. And then I tried to do the, they would sometimes throw me in like breaststroke, but I wasn't mm -hmm. very fast. So it was hard. Just, I was just like the guy. They're like, yeah, you can just whatever <laughs> go. But yeah, Great freestyle is better, but I couldn't do, I mean, butterfly, I could go 50 yards and be. I was a sprinter. I didn't want to be in there for that past, past <laughs> a minute and a half anyways. <laughs> okay, um, so you did swimming. That, yeah. That's what you did in college, too. That's cool. Yeah, I went, I went originally for swimming, and I, uh, I did, they didn't give um, – they gave, like, augmented academic scholarships because they didn't have the money for uh, school or for sports. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know how it worked. I was 17. Uh yeah, and I came home. I was I lost swimming, and I didn't want to come home. I was kind of forced to come home, and uh, I was just trying to like rebrand myself. So I fell into music, and I think like one basically one day I was in the car participating to the song I was listening to at the time, and it had screaming. So I was like, I want to like learn how to do this, and it just kind of snowballed into a whole thing and a hobby, and I like kind of dove in. Mm -hmm. and the rest, rest is kind of history. Did you like? Were you in a band after the YouTube thing started, or how did you end up? I joined you know, a local involved? band like two, two years in. We did a couple shows, and I got a call from Chris Davis in Texas in July, who I knew at the time, and uh, I tried out for that band. Joined Texas in July, so like my seventh show ever was my first show on Warp Tour in 2013. Wow. I was thrown to the wolves real fast. What was that like? Was that terrifying? Terrifying. Because at that point, I had like plenty of screaming training. Not mm -hmm. a lot of like touring screaming training, but it actually ended up being okay anyways. It worked itself out. But like learning how to be a front man, and I wish somebody would have told me never to wear jorts on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson <laughs> learned. I did that a lot. No, I didn't learn. I just kept doing it. <laughs> like looking back at old photos and I was like, who, who, who let me do this? <laughs> well, well, you must have, well, how did you know the guys from Texas in July? Like how did I that didn't, relationship? I, um, I just, knew, just, I just knew Chris. He's from Maryland. He was from the same area I was. I like, okay. they were from, they were from Lancaster. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's where what I was curious. That's Wait, where, where it gets that? weird. Okay. <clears throat> I went to school in Lancaster, which is an hour North of where I live now. Uh -huh. so I got two hours from where I grew up. And then I left Lancaster, and then years later, five years later, I was back there trying out for a band from there, and then that band broke up in 2015, and then I'm back there two more times for ERA in a different circumstances recording in a studio there, so it's like I can never leave Lancaster. I don't know what it is, <laughs> and I love that city, and I'll be back there, uh, back there soon, actually. Wow. So, yeah. well... When you get the call to join, or you <coughs> call the what trial for Texas in July, mm -hmm. and you you go to the audition, that must have been what was that like? I mean, just showing up and being okay. Now I got to sing what all the backlog songs that somebody else was singing prior. Or yeah, well, what does yeah, that look like it was weird because I was twenty three, uh -huh. I was the oldest person there too. 
um, I got, I'm, I'm, I've been always been the older person in my, in my band. It's not by much, but like, it's just funny because both bands I've joined, most of them were like lifetime, like the whole live touring musicians mostly, mm-hmm. where I joined very late. Um, and in the end, I'm actually kind of grateful for that. But uh, I remember getting there and we practice at the Champ in Lemoyne, PA, which is like a hole in the wall, like venue bar. Mm-hmm. And seeing all them in person was so weird because it's like it's like speed dating for friendship too (laughs) yeah so like because you assume that you're gonna be stuck with them for a while and hopefully they're fun and cool um you're not just playing music with them you're like forming relationships so Mm -hmm. yeah like all that happened really fast but they're all another thing like very normal and and fun dudes and they're all great friends of mine still now so yeah you just kind of like make it work well you've kind of you've had to kind of fill the role of the singer and an era also now so yeah, like, two like times. two times like mm-hmm. was it i mean the first time you do it obviously you guys are on a war you're on warp tour so the band had some success they're doing mm-hmm. things they're touring is that um hard to jump into that position where these people or these fans maybe you're you're seeing for the first time they've known the band for a while and like do they do you get any weird vibe that way like i don't know how that would work well <clears throat> um i don't know you, you I didn't really have a choice. I didn't have another to option. Adapt, right? Um, yeah. At the beginning, at the beginning, there was, I mean, even for both bands, there was a definitely, definitely more for era. It was a lot of like, we miss the old guy. Oh, I'm sure that's and, hard to hear. Well, yeah, of course. But like at the same time, what the fuck am I going to do about it? He's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's right. not going to be like, just kidding. This literally <laughs> never, that's happened zero times. <laughs> just kidding (laughs) yeah so it's like deal with it um you know i'll do my best to like not shit on what you loved about the old singer but like we have to move on um and that's you know just how it went Mm -hmm. um yeah but as far as like covering other people's songs i've never really i've I've always liked covers in general which is ironic because we just put out one um yeah but yeah i've always liked covers so i've never i've always found a way to hear like hear anything and like you know, I make it relevant for me somehow. And then if I'm singing it, you can always put your, your own inflection and, mm-hmm. and spit on something. Um, yeah. You just got to do what you got to do and mm-hmm. make it your own with, um, so did Texas in July just disband or you, you just kind of we ran did two your... years. We ran, it ran its course really. Okay. And then yeah. when that band ended, how did you get involved with era? We took era out. In 2014, oh, it was wow. Texas in July era. Maybe structures actually era actually. It's okay. Texas in July structures era. I have to look at the flyer. Micah relocate um, and a band called Elitist. Mm-hmm. So they did like a couple days, and that was Garrison's last tour. Their previous mm-hmm. uh, previous singer. original singer, the long time. There was like a long time singer Garrison, mm-hmm. and then Ian was in the middle for an EP and then I joined, but I met Garrison in 2014. So I knew all those era guys then. And then in, at the end of 2015, when the band's about to be uh, done for good, I get a call from Jesse and literally in the same format, they're about to go to the studio. Um, and he already, you know, tore with me. He knew I had the skill set. He knew I had touring experience and it was mm-hmm. basically like, Hey, if you want in, you're in, but you have to come immediately to the studio. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And that was in October. And then the farewell tour for Texas in July was like a month later. So there was literally of no transition. It was immediately to the next band. 
That's crazy. Like the farewell tour ended like December 2015. And in February I was touring. I think the beginning of February I was touring with Era. So like there was no downtime. Oh my gosh. Was yeah, there... I, got, I got lucky for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, not a lot of people would have that experience where if the band no. ends, it's like, okay, now what do I do? I got to go figure this out for yeah. a year or so or start <laughs> a new spoiled. band. <laughs> yeah, well, that's amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, when you get this call to come, you know, we got a record, we're in the studio, that, mm. that ends up being what, Drift? Yeah, Drift. Okay. I recorded like October 2015 in, in Michigan. Did you have, did you help write that record at all? Like, were you writing the lyrics or was it all kind of no. done and you just jumped um, in? Well, kind of. The record was fully tracked instrumentally. Um, it was 10 songs. Six of the songs had lyrics written for both vocalists, me and Jesse, and then mm -hmm. four didn't have anything for me. I think they had, I think Jesse had stuff for him. So I came in and he actually let me write and I ended up writing for those songs. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. I was actually, I'm actually surprised they let me do that. You know, well, you've I'm, had some cred with the other yeah, band. True. Honestly. But, yeah. but like that's now, now knowing that Jesse was the primary songwriter, I'm surprised he let an outsider immediately have creative control. Yeah. yeah. Well, they I'm obviously great, I'm grateful. In you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it different writing with them as opposed to writing with the other band? Um, yes, only because, I mean, it's still metalcore. <laughs> it's still like, it's still, <laughs> it feel, felt very, it was very easy for me to transition. What was okay. nice was that now I had Jesse to kind of like split the, split the work with, you know, split the difference with. And then, um. Cause you were writing all what the lyrics and the melodies for, for TIJ. For yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so having that and, um, and he's, he's like the goat with this, in the studio with me. So he, I, I, especially now, so like I, we work with so well together, but back mm -hmm. then, you know, we're kind of just figuring it out and I'm still like new to writing too. That was only the second time I'd ever written like professional oh, level, okay. le level metal. Like I've, I've made songs in the past, like when I was doing my covers, but there were nothing like at the level of, of these songs. Sure. Well, they had at that point there was arrows doing really well, right? Didn't they have like a number one record, like a billboard record or a song or something? Or did that come out? Sure. I don't, know. I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> but I, yeah, but it's like you come in and, and you follow it up. That must have been a hard, like, you well, know. You following up Garrison was the real tough part. Garrison was a beast. Um, and he had a very huge range, like a very deathcore oriented vocalist because he had mm -hmm. a great lower end and great high end. Um, and I come in with a lot of like mid range influence, like a lot of like like Jonathan Vigil from the Ghost Inside influence. And mm -hmm. I love bands like, like hundredth and counterparts and barrier dead. And like any, any vocalist that had like a mid range or like a really loud sounding voice. That's mm -hmm. what I sounded like. And that's what I was training. Like, so going from Garrison who had a very different tonality to me was like a kind of a shock for the band band sound and their fan base. So it took them a second to get used to me, I think, but Mm. I, don't know, I, th I think it worked itself out. I also think yeah. the music changed enough where it catered more toward my style than, than Garrison's. So I, I'm a little biased, I guess, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, what, after you joined the band and you played with them for a while, and then what, Neon's the first record that you got to sit and write the whole album with, yeah. with the band. What, yeah. was that, what was that like? Awful. That was a terrible writing process. I mean, just talk about that all the time. We were really? both, we were both <laughs> at each other's throats. Oh, uh, man. The recording environment wasn't ideal. 
we like the the record got passed around th- to three different people like it was <sighs> uh, dark times <laughs> <laughs> you still had another one another number one record though on the heat secret yeah chart, so. I, I, so, I i wish jesse was here to hear me just say that because he'd probably chime in but um <laughs> yeah it that was a nice growth period between him and i too because like we um we 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 butt heads like that whole time and like <laughs> there was a moment where i <laughs> this is so funny actually um it was like it was it was a time where i was trying to write stuff and like create and i like hated everything i was liking and jesse didn't like it and he didn't really know how to like say it without like crushing my soul and it just didn't go well and then i remember he could tell (laughs) he could tell that he was crushing my soul so he went out to this bakery nearby and he brought me back a donut He's like, He's I got like, you something. Here you go, man. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> he he knew and he and he knows like uh, food is always the way to my heart. So that's He's amazing. Learned. He's like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm wondering too because at this point, you guys have known each other for a couple of years. You've mm-hmm. been touring a bit, and like there might be a little bit more familiarity like you, you you feel a little bit more comfortable with each other to where mm-hmm. you can almost like say what you really really mean like i don't know oh, if, yeah. that, if you felt like that like okay now i'm gonna be brutally honest because we know each other well now mm-hmm. one of those situations where when you first meet somebody you're not you probably aren't gonna just start being like criticizing them like right out the gate or voicing a loud opinion but i guess he let you write on that that record so that's pretty amazing mm-hmm. well if, if you're jesse cash there is no filter what he's <laughs> what he's thinking it's coming you'll just say it <laughs> yeah it's 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 like a definitely a jesseism um okay but i i we you know we appreciate the honesty in people like that always uh we'd mm-hmm. rather you just he's actually really good at if there's like inner band beef he's instead of somebody like me he will just sit on it until one of us murders each other that's me, man. He squashes. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to. I don't like confrontation, so I don't want to talk about it. I'll like. I'll be the one to suffer at your expense. Like, even if it's your fault, I'll just like make it my fault somehow, so I don't have to deal with it. Right. Just to let it pass. Yeah. So, <laughs> but with him, it's like hell no. Like we're airing. The, if there's like an inkling, he's like we're airing this shit out now. And That's he a good actually thing though, right? I mean, he taught me that, and then I did that to him when him and I had a problem recently. And we aired it out like in 24 hours and we hugged it out and it was perfect. That's yeah. awesome. Then you move forward, right? Instead yeah. of sitting on it for months or whatever it has to be. I hope most bands can do that because if, they, if they're if they not, God, I don't know how they do this. Right. I mean, you got to be with these people all the time. All I mean, the time. Months, I know everything on about end. them. Yeah. And you're living in a <laughs> bank van accounts, or, yeah. <laughs> passwords. Right. right. <laughs> well, being on the road for so long and, and doing this for a long time, that must have been a shocker to have like 2020 hit. And then it's like, now what do we do? Like, where dude. were you guys at? Oh, we were miserable. I thought it was, I, dude, I thought it was over. I, I was telling him, telling Jesse like a couple months ago, I was like, dude, I thought I was quitting era in like 2020. I thought I was like switching careers. Mm hmm. Go back I didn't know what was going to happen. Med. No, I was probably going to go get some, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, but uh, honestly, I would have probably gone and got some tech certs, like comp sci stuff. Um, who knows? Were you maybe on the, I, I probably will eventually one day. Were you guys, yeah. Were you guys on the road when, when COVID happened or, or were you at home at this point? You'll, you'll like this. Okay. 
the last day of the studio of the self-titled was the was the last day that studio was open really literally the next day was the global like everything's closed oh it was wow. march it was like march 15th no so no guys i think we left this going back home for like a week at, at work and everybody's like i think there's a virus and then next weekend's like the whole world's closed now wow so but you finished the self-title record yeah did you finish it that that we last track, day like, we didn't miss anything we tracked everything editing okay. got pushed back a bunch but like everything got done on time wow and then the record yeah, was supposed to come out in september okay it got pushed back six months well yeah because no one was doing anything right yeah. i'm sure you had a tour ready and everything yep. else just kind of gets yeah wow so yep. what do you guys do during that time it's like okay we got this record we don't know when we're going to be able to put it out. We don't know if we're going to or ever be able to play live. I mean, at this point, nobody mm. knew what was going on. Everyone thought the world was going to be done for. Like, yeah. how, like, what, like, at that point, moment, what do you guys do? <sighs> well, we didn't, have any, we didn't have anything. It was just kind of like proceed as planned, kind of like wait from the word of management and... Um, I was working at a bar in Birmingham, so I just kind of kept doing that as much as I could. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember I was on unemployment for like a couple months. But even a, a bar, nobody could go to a bar, right? I mean, Alabama, nobody gave I a guess. shit. I guess, right. I'm in Tennessee now. I moved from I moved from California about a year ago. <laughs> I moved here. I'm like, wait, no one's doing, <laughs> no yeah. one's wearing a mask or anything. It's different, All it's right. different down here. <laughs> Welcome to the South. Uh -huh. Okay, so you were able to still bartend a bit. Uh, yeah. So actually, Alex and I work for the same bar. Actually, the previous vocalist from era, Ian, was our manager at one point at that bar. He had been there for like nine years. That's how I got the job. Wow. I, actually, I remember I was like, look, I know you and I have some weirdness because I kind of took your job, but I would love to work at the bar you work at also. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here. We're cool. Ian's, uh, Ian's the man. I miss him. Um, That's funny. A lot of, a lot of good memories down there working with the boys, the metal core bar. That's the way I know what a cool bar to go to. We, we played metal and had like, uh, it's actually, I'll totally give them a shout out. It's black market on 280 highway 280 in Birmingham. It's an awesome place. It's still there. Um, I'd imagine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's never going away. <laughs> well, I want to take a trip down to uh, Alabama anyway. I might have to stop there. Yeah. If you, that's like right. Um, like it's got the Alabama is basically like a square uh -huh. separated by those two main highways and then two at the top one going toward Atlanta and then 83 or not 83 um 65 going all the way up to Tennessee yeah 65 goes through where I live and then 280 goes the opposite direction and then one goes toward Florida it's on mm -hmm. the 280 side okay yeah that's cool cool that cool, cool spot yeah so you were doing that and then that. you have the record and just kind of trying to wait it out like literally nothing had to push the I record. Don't, that I did nothing during that time I played video games and I thought about my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of music stuff. Um, yeah, I, I really have no idea what I did in, in the beginning of quarantine other okay. than wait it out. I don't and think then, much happened. And then, well, you guys ended up putting the record out in March. Mm -hmm. So a year goes by and then it's mm -hmm. like, okay, let's put the record out. And were you able to play? I know you have a tour coming up, but have you guys had any chance to do that 
in the past year or so? Yeah, we did a tour with um we did one tour. We just did a tour with August Burns Red. It was uh oh, Okay. Why am I blanking on this tour? August Burns Red. Oh my god. Who did I just go on the road with? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Sorry. I'm still on the early morning brain. All good, um, man. It's all good. Making me do my own research shit. Uh, <laughs> where is this flyer? <laughs> oh yeah, Fifer King. <laughs> okay. It was like Most of Flames era Fifer King August Burns Red. It was um I'm looking at the flyer now. All I had to do was September 9th to <laughs> I had to do Halloween. Was, yeah, like okay, Most and then, of Flames and, you, and then I could have just clicked on the Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I had to, I, I forgot. <laughs> I thought you did the tour. I remember seeing that. It yeah. A, yeah, okay. It you did went San Diego, mostly fine. I remember seeing Soma. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that was okay. That was added. Um, so in the middle of the tour, um, we had to postpone ten days, and those shows got moved intact to December. And then actually, San Diego wasn't even on the tour. San Diego got added. That was the last show. That was a sick show, actually. It's a cool. It's a cool spot. I mean, that's where all mm. the the metal. Oh, bands, yeah. their hardcore bands play. Is that Soma for the most part? Tim Lambisa um, showed up that day, actually. Did he really? Yeah, he's from there. Yeah, I know. I know him. He, I don't know the him, ADR but I know, guys well. Yeah, I know the I know the story there. So um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I had an interesting conversation with uh, the guys from um, what I can't. What band? Uh, they're on Solid State. I just interviewed a Wolf. Oh, Wolves of the Gate. Wolves of the Gate. Yep. And uh, about him. But yeah, anyway. Uh, so that's right. So you did that tour. Mm-hmm. Got back December. It went, it went well other than the postponing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so n- then you guys start putting out. Well, you have three new songs on this coming mm-hmm. like re-release, right? Or mm-hmm. it's like a re-release of the record. And then you did some covers. When did that like. When, did, when did you guys yeah yeah when did you guys record that and how did you decide on the covers that you did so first year quarantine goes through like we have okay so we're we're going to backtrack to like March 2020 okay we are originally planning that release for September 2020 then it got pushed to March 2021 and then yeah the the, the record it's the record and then weirdly enough self titled is March 2022 um so once we got to the end of 2020, we're like, we still have nothing going on and we have all this free time. Let's just go back to the studio. Mm-hmm. And so we went back with Atrium Audio, Grant Carson, in January of 2021. So these are pretty recent. Okay. And, and we, just did- kind of, we just had we just all this free time. We're like, we don't know what else to do with it. So we sat on those for a while and then we're like, we'll just do a deluxe. We've always wanted to do a deluxe. And he's like, I want to do covers. So I was like, I want to do covers. <laughs> and then you had three new ones too, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And yeah. were those new ones written within that time period or were they all six prior? Yeah, oh, okay. All, all, all six, six were written once. Interesting. And then how'd you decide on the, the covers? We've always been a band that loves 90s rock. We love, okay. uh, I mean, we, we play all types of non-metal when we're traveling. Um, we're pretty eclectic, like musical taste collectively. Um, but Jesse being the primary songwriter, I also know his music taste. So when like the, the cover, like lists of selection came up, I, 
I definitely pushed for the songs that I knew I would be okay with and he would be totally stoked on. Okay. <laughs> so it was pretty it was pretty easy and unanimous because there wasn't a lot of back and forth. I was like, I'm going to go with the song that I can definitely be happy with, but I'll know, I'll know there won't be any discussion for. Okay. Because <laughs> so if then... I had control, it would be like Seven Dust and Disturbed covers. Uh, okay. So you went more, <laughs> his route with Audio Slave and Muse yeah. and Nine Inch, I think you did a Nine Inch Nails to cover on there. I think, um, it, I think it definitely fits our MO though. Yeah, I mean, I love the one I've I, I've heard of the Muse cover. Recent, I, I just listened to that one a mm -hmm. few minutes ago, the Stockholm Syndrome. What a rad cover. Thank you. Yeah, and what a song to try to take on. I mean, his, his vocal is insane. Mm -hmm. And to be able to, you know, put your own spin on that song, that's, I think you guys did a killer job on that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy how that came out. I Like I said, I love covers, and I've always liked to, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind doing other people's music, honestly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Sure. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear the other ones, because I think that one's the only one you put out, right? I'm really proud of the audio safe cover. Uh, I sing There's No Screaming on that song. Interesting. And I do okay. half and half with him. Okay. So it's I'm like kind of a big that. debut, because I sing the chorus of that song. Wow. Yeah. And Chris Cornell to take on something like that. I mean, we almost didn't do it. It well, was like the last thing we did. We were like, do we, are we really about to try to cover a Chris Cornell song? And he's <laughs> dead. Right. So right. it's like, we really can't fuck this up. <laughs> like that's a, a God. I, so, I mean, I, I hope people are happy with that. We, we were happy enough with it that we were like, this is good. We're, we, we don't feel like we're going to get shit on for this. So, okay. And then we'll, we'll leave it because you put out Vanish Canvas and uh, the Muse one, right? Mm -hmm. And then so Night of Slave. and Night of Silence as well. Okay, and then and then you have the Nine Inch Nails cover as well coming out. Hershey Heresy, yeah. Oh, Heresy, I can't spell or read. Hershey, you say Hershey? Hershey. Yeah, Hershey Park, yeah, baby, PA. <laughs> well, it's funny because I just interviewed somebody that's lived in Hershey Park. Really? Legit, yeah, grew up there, and he said he could throw a stone into the park. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know the guy from that guy that created Reese's is also from Hershey, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Dude, it smells amazing there. <laughs> Does it, it really? Does it smell so, like chocolate? Yeah, it smells amazing. Amazing. It's the well, best that's smell. That's amazing. Well, dude, thank you so much for, for, for doing this interview. I know you have another big tour coming up also at Devil Wears Prada. That'll be awesome. That what kicks off next month. Mm -hmm. Beartooth, uh, Silverstein. That'll Sweet be good. West. Yeah, we've done a lot of support slots, but like it's given us awesome opportunity to, especially on like a Beartooth tour, like that's not very, um, like we'll probably be the heavier band on that tour. So it'll be nice to get our music in front of like their audiences and in those rooms. So mm -hmm. we're definitely due for a headliner and it's coming. But as you know, it's been tough to schedule anything. These sure. Days. Yeah. Especially when it's an interview with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here today. <laughs> I'll let you get to your Anytime. coffee, but. Anytime. I have one more quick question for you. I want to know sure, if sure. you have any advice for aspiring artists. Use, okay, this is my favorite one. Use the resources you have available, especially if they're free. I got my start by pushing all my content through social media, YouTube, and, and Facebook, Twitter. Like if you're a creator and you feel like or like you're a band guy and you're like oh i can't play with people in my town or like i'm not i'm not happy with my local environment you got to think on bigger audiences so you got to get your sh shit out there the best means you can so use the resources you have 
the algorithm for these things is really good, especially TikTok. There's ways to like learn all this stuff for free. There's tutorials. If you can't figure it out, again, it's still on the same platform and it's free. So use the stuff you have available first. Then you can think about like putting money to it.